1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Corora Resources second quarter 2020 conference call and webcast. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone keypad. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the call over to your speaker today, Paul Hewitt, Chairman and CEO of Corora Resources. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Operator. Good
2: morning and welcome to the Corora Resources second quarter conference call. In addition to me, speaking on today's call will be other members of Corora Executive Management Team. Graham Sloan, Managing Director of our Australian Operations, Barry Dahl, Chief Financial Officer, and Oliver Turner, Senior Vice President of Corporate Development and Investor Relations. This morning we issued a news release outlining our strong second quarter 2020 results. Our MD&A and financial statements for the period ended June 30, 2020 have been filed, all of which are available on the Corora website at www.cororaresources.com or under Corora's profile on CDAR. During today's call, the speakers will be referring to the presentation slides, which are available for download through a link on the homepage of our website at www.cororaresources.com. Before I begin the presentation, I would like to remind you to please review our cautionary statements regarding forward-looking information and non-IFRS measures which can be found in our management discussion and analysis, our news release, and in our presentation slides. I'm very pleased with the results from the second quarter of 2020 and the positive momentum we have achieved at Carora. Before I dive into the details, I'd just like to express my best wishes to all of you who have taken the time to join our call today and hope that you're all keeping well. At Carora, we remain vigilant in our approach to minimize risks associated with the COVID-19 pandemic. We have been fortunate to maintain our operations and will continue with our strict protocols for the foreseeable future to ensure the safety of each of our employees and stakeholders. As we reflect on the past year, we are extremely proud of what we have accomplished since acquiring the Higginsville Mine and Mill in June of 2019. We have delivered four very strong and consistent quarters of gold production, all while reducing our costs and maintaining an excellent safety track record. We all know how many challenging events have occurred in Western Australia during that same time period, from the bushfires, uh, the flooding, COVID-19, there have been several of them. As CEO and chairman, I am extremely proud of the performance we have delivered, despite these challenges. Second quarter gold production was approximately 24,000 ounces. And equally important, our downward trend on ASIC continued as expected, dropping another $36 per ounce down to $1,065 per ounce. This trend is by no means any accident. This is our fourth consecutive quarter of ASIC reduction and is a result of us following our strategy to focus on the cost reduction initiatives that we introduced last year. We have been delivering on this promise and there is more to come. We are well positioned to achieve our 2020 guidance of 90 to 95,000 ounces. At an all in sustaining cost range of $1,050 to $1,200 per gold ounce sold. And we are confident that we remain on track to achieve our goal of reducing ASIC costs to $1,000 per ounce by the end of 2020. As a reminder, while we currently do not expect any disruptions, our guidance for 2020 assumes no significant interruption in operations as a result of the COVID-19 virus. During the second quarter, we achieved several major corporate objectives which have transformed the corporation into a top-tier junior producer and have laid the foundation for the next stage of Carora's growth as a business. We eliminated the Morgan Stanley NSR Gold Royalty on the Higginsville properties, and we announced an agreement with Mavericks Metals to reduce the Beta Hunt Gold Royalty by 2.75%, unlocking both Higginsville and Beta Hunt for renewed exploration growth. We look forward to announcing the closing of the Mavericks Agreement in the coming weeks We also recently announced the closing of the Spargos high-grade gold project acquisition, which we expect to fast-track into our production profile into 2021. As we have stated for over a year, we are now very much a gold-focused company. In line with that focus, we announced the sale of our remaining 28% stake in the Dumont nickel project, providing immediate cash to our treasury of approximately $11 million. This is a very important strategic step for the company that provides cash to invest in expanding our gold business as well as keeping upside exposure to the value of Dumont upon a potential future sale. At this time, I really want to take a moment and thank everyone at the Dumont Project for their service in Carora and previously at RNC. We are certainly eager to watch them progress. Barry Dahl will discuss the financial results, but I am pleased that despite having to deliver $3.5 million into the legacy hedges and an additional $3.6 million into the royalty buyback, our cash position increased yet again cash increased to $50.2 million by the end of Q2. This is an increase of approximately $12 million from the end of Q1. Going into the second half of the year, I'm very happy to announce that we are completely hedge free and have full exposure to what are certainly very strong gold prices. Overall, I'm very excited about our prospects for the second half of 2020, and we look forward to keeping the market updated on our progress as we continue to deliver on our goals as a company. At this point, I will turn the call over to Graham to provide more details on our operational performance and exploration potential. Thank you, Paul.
3: I'm pleased
4: to report another positive operating quarter despite the ongoing challenges Paul mentioned around COVID and, and weather. As previously mentioned, our first and foremost priority is the health and safety of our personnel. As part of this, we recently completed a 12-month safety management audit and gap analysis. Plus, we have established a new safety management structure and will be appointing our first group occupational health and safety manager very shortly. Our COVID management systems are working well and employee morale remains high. If you turn to slide six, on a consolidated basis, tons milled totaled 326,000, tons, up 4% compared to quarter one, delivering a total of 24,078 ounces. At Higginsville, gold produced was 7,260 ounces, down 5% from quarter one, the results of processing lower grade stockpiles due to a number of heavy rainfall events and the preferential treatment of the higher grade beta hunt material. At Ballou, recent grade control drilling has intersected plus 2 gram material at depth, which has led to the re of the entire pit. The result of this work should deliver further ounces to the Baloo resource and is targeted to be completed during quarter three. The Fairplay North pit is progressing well and provides a second open pit mill feed into the Higginsville plant. Production at Fair Play was originally expected to be completed by the end of Q3. However, recent drilling has raised the potential for this to be extended. During the quarter, we commenced pre stripping activities at Hidden Secret and Mouse Hollow with full scale mining to commence shortly. Both pits are located within 10 kilometres of the Higginsville treatment plant. Recent metallurgical test work has confirmed recoveries in excess of 90%. An updated mineral resource estimate for the Hidden Secret and Mouse Hollow is due to be delivered in quarter four as part of the planned Higginsville resource reserve update. At the Pioneer deposit, which is located 14 kilometres south of the Higginsville plant, we have resumed resource drilling in preparation to bring this project into our near-term production pipeline. Pioneer forms part of our strategy to maintain a minimum of two open pits operating in tandem at any one time. This will ensure flexibility in mine production and importantly, optimization of feed blend into the Higginsville plant. Slide seven, at Beta Hunt, total tonnes milled was above forecast and consistent with quarter one at 186,000 tonnes at an average grade of 2.64 for just under 17,000 ounces. Mine production, continues to be sourced from two main areas, the Western Flanks and A Zone. As previously reported, some mining areas within Western Flanks have shown width up to 20 metres wide, which help underpin the increase in mine production towards the 65,000 tonnes per month level. Slide eight, as I touched on earlier, resource, infill, and extensional drilling at the Baloo and Fair Play open pits continue to support ongoing mining activities. And in the case of Baloo, we are seeing what could be a further depth extension of the main mineralisation. At Hidden Secret, grade control drilling has commenced and will soon shift to mouse Hollow in preparation for the mining activities. In fact, we now have enough information Increase our confidence that Hidden Secret and Mouse Hollow will become one contiguous open pit. On slide nine, the map shows some of the areas around Higginsville where we're either actively advancing or evaluating high priority exploration targets. A number of these targets were located within tenements previously under the now eliminated Morgan Stanley Royalty. These areas include, but not limited to, Aquarius, Two Boys, the Paleo Channel Extensions and Barcelona. With a rapidly growing list of exciting targets, plans are always already underway to fast track exploration at Higginsville. At Beta Hunt, drilling mainly focused on grade control, however, some exploration for both gold and nickel was carried out during the quarter. An update will be provided when results become available.
2: Slide nine. On the 7th of August,
4: we announced the acquisition of Corona resources, which includes the high-grade gold Bargos rewards project. Bargos is located only 65 Ks from our processing plant. It has a historical high-grade resource of plus four grams a tonne, and can be easily fast-tracked into our production plans 2021 the purchase terms were outlined in a press release on the 11th of May and I believe will provide to be a very positive will prove to be a very positive one for the company especially given the shift in the gold price up some 20% since we settled on the terms and on the back of the results of the work we have undertaken to date
5: the tenements cover
3: 33
4: located 10 kilometers to the south, which already has a small historical inferred resource, plus there are a number of high-grade intersections along strike of the main load. In particular, we are very keen to follow up on the drill intersection reported late last year by the vendor that returned 37.1 grams per tonne over 18 metres, from a depth of 62 metres. That finished in mineralisation of plus 200 grams per tonne. This is potentially a new footwall zone and remains open in all directions. So overall, a good first half for 2020, And despite the ongoing challenges of COVID, we expect a very exciting second half of the year for our shareholders and operations. I'll now pass you over to Barry Dahl.
5: Thank you, Graham. I'll provide a few financial highlights from the quarter. Please turn to slide 11. Second quarter revenue was $56.1 million, up 1.8 million compared to 54.3 million in the prior quarter. The revenue increase was primarily due to higher realized gold price in the quarter as ounces sold were slightly lower due to the timing of sales. We also recorded nickel revenue in Q2. In Q2, we recognized lower operating costs because of lower gold ounces sold. Our operating earnings were $12.9 million compared to $15.6 million in the prior quarter. In Q2, we recognized derivative losses of $1.1 million, primarily related to $3.5 million in losses on gold hedges, offset by gains on other derivatives, and a foreign exchange gain of $12.2 million, primarily related to unrealized foreign exchange gain on intercompany loans. For the second quarter, net earnings were $9.8 million. Adjusted earnings were $16.6 million, and adjusted EBITDA with $17.3 million. We finished the second quarter with a stronger balance sheet, including a cash balance of $50.2 million, and working capital of $43.8 million, increases of $11.8 million, and $13.1 million, respectively, compared to the prior quarter. We'll now turn the call over to Oliver. Thanks, Barry, and hello, everyone. It was
6: certainly an interesting quarter to be in the gold mining business, with the markets for gold mining equities being the strongest in almost a decade. During and after the second quarter, we delivered on many strategic corporate objectives, which have been reflected in the strong outperformance of our share price. Some of the most significant accomplishments included the two royalty agreements, the sale of Dumont, the addition of Spargos, and the increase in ownership of a large shareholder in Eric Sprott as part of the Mavericks transaction. Our investor base is evolving rapidly as we move up the market cap spectrum and attract new high quality institutional investors. The successful completion of the 4.5 to 1 share consolidation has elevated us into a new tier of investment eligibility for new funds and the healthy volumes in trading since the consolidation date are reflective of this. As with the first quarter, we have not allowed COVID-19 to slow down our marketing efforts. With many virtual marketing roadshows, conferences, online interviews, and continuous virtual investor meetings completed. It's fair to say that we have adapted very well to marketing Corora from our home offices. Looking ahead to the fall, we are encouraged to see that two of the most important conferences in our industry, in the Denver Gold Show and the Precious Metal Summit, are going ahead with virtual platforms. Each year, this is a very important time for gold companies to take stock of the successes of the past year and drive new investor interest in the year ahead, and we are confident that Corora will have a strong presence at both virtual shows. While we are all certainly looking forward to meeting with investors face-to-face again once the global situation permits, we will continue to push our story aggressively and
5: continue on our strategy to make Corora a top-tier gold producer. With that, I'll turn the call back over to Paul. Thanks,
2: Oliver. Um, thank- again to everyone for joining us on the call today. We absolutely look forward to another exciting co- another exciting quarter as we move the business forward. Uh, I, I just did want to touch on one thing before we turn it over to questions. Uh, Graham alluded to the closing of the Spargos property um, and referring to the press release. I just wanted to tell our our shareholders that we decided to use cash to settle that agreement. So rather than issuing any shares, we issued uh, all cash to close that deal. So with that, I'll I'll turn it over to the moderator to open it up for some questions.
1: At this time, if you'd like to ask a question over the phone lines, please press star, then one on your telephone keypad. We will now pause for a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Ian Parkinson of Stiefel. Your line is open.
7: Yeah, good morning team Uh, congratulations on a very strong quarter Um, and actually what looks to be a very productive last few months um paul we're we're seeing margin expansion across the industry um at a time while you're driving down costs so just thinking like over the medium term how how do you and and team plan on weighing growth versus company-wide costs i.e are are you looking to build a sub thousand dollar an ounce long-term producer or will you Look at other opportunities as,
2: as they come. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the question, Ian. Look, we're we're always going to be looking at opportunities for growth. Um, we've always said uh, consistently that our growth will come from two sources here: uh, organic growth and bolt-on acquisitions. And and there's no better example than that Spargos that's close to our mill. Uh, we, we got it at a very decent price. It's certainly going to be accretive. We'll continue to always evaluate our costs. Um, I've been in three different gold cycles now, Ian. I think um, some of us sometimes get uh, excited about the the metal price, but we often get sloppy with our costs. And and we need to maintain um, that cost vigilance and, and make sure that we're always striving to reduce our costs while we're expanding the business, you'll, you'll start to see, look, we had, I think, uh, 10, million, $11 million in exploration this year. We just had a board meeting. We're looking at updating exploration. Uh, we know that adding value from the drill bit is going to be very critical. Putting together a long-range plan for our shareholders to see um, what our expansion can become is going to be very critical. So, uh, In answering your question, I think we will always remain disciplined at reducing costs. Um, it's ingrained in me, and I don't ever want to stop that. And I want it to reflect in our entire organization while evaluating anything that is accretive for us to grow.
7: Okay, great, thank you. And just just one more, I mean, kind of changing gears back to the COVID situation. Um, have you seen any local issues within Australia? I'm thinking, you know, outside of your immediate area, but supply chain. Um access to spares consumables, or is everything ticking along quite quite nicely in country
2: yeah, so look um Graham could answer it better. I just want to say one thing on it though look, Graham has taken a very proactive approach and and we followed that even when we had the bushfires we were we were we increased our supplies, so we would have more reagents, more rock bolts, more supplies, so that in case something were to occur, in, including uh, more stockpiles in front of the mill, we're at, we're prepared uh, in the event that that there are some supply chain disruptions or even uh, access disruptions. We we've taken a very proactive approach in our in our supplies and our ore in front of the mill. Okay, thanks, Paul, yeah. uh, and
7: again, congrats to the team on a great quarter. Uh, Thanks, Dean.
1: You, Your next question comes from line of Derek McPherson of Red Cloud Securities. Your line is open.
8: Morning, guys. And uh, yeah, echo Ian's comment. Congrats on a solid quarter. Um, couple of questions on uh, something that I'm the trend of numbers I'm seeing. It looks like the cost came down materially at Higginsville uh, relative sort of quarter over quarter, uh, which is a real positive and probably reflects on some of the work that you guys are doing is that something that's uh, sustainable going forward or are we going to see a little bit of fluctuation in those in those numbers?
2: Yeah, Derek, thanks for the question. I'm going to turn that one over to our Managing Director, Mr. Graham Sloan. So, Graham, if you want to talk about our operating costs at HCO.
4: Yeah,
5: we'll do. We'll do,
2: Paul.
4: Look, uh, it, it was pleasing to see costs come down at Higginsville. Uh, the biggest area where it did come down was at the 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 processing plant which was great to see Um, and it was partly driven, there's not many things you can say uh, come out of the COVID that is uh, positive but one of the positives that came out was a lower uh, fuel price um, and we were able to take advantage of that so that's certainly part of it but we've been working very diligently on um, all costs across the the whole of the the two two operations and, and those Those cost initiatives are starting to be reflected in our price, so I I will see that you will see a little bit of variation as we go forward. But overall, our aim is to come back down to what we've been saying for some time now, and that's at around that $1,000 an ounce, all in sustaining costs. And I'm pretty confident we'll achieve
8: that. Okay. And then, I guess specifically to the to the the milling costs. I mean, you guys noted in the press release it was twenty one dollars a ton, which is is very good. Um, and, and based on ninety five percent availability, is there is there a little bit more to squeeze there, or is that as much you can get get out of the mill at sort of the current throughput rate?
4: Uh, just on on that, Derek, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Obviously, you can keep the cost coming down so the but the other part of the equation is to, is to put more tons through the plant at the same cost. Um, and so we're, look, we're looking at both. We I, I think we're getting close to the lower end of, of where we can get to in the mill without um, a, a, you know sort of a, a significant increase in throughput. If we can maintain costs and get um, and throughput up another sort of 10 to 15 percent, we could see costs come back down a bit further than that. So at this point in time we're getting close to the, the bottom end of it but uh, we we won't give up until we're absolutely sure we've we've milked everything we can out of that plant all right
8: um 95 95% availability is pretty solid and then just my uh one last question or my second last question. On with respect to grades, both uh Beta Hunt and, and Hagensville were a little bit um below sort of uh whether it's reserve grade or where you guys have been trending. Um is that uh I'm assuming that's just normal variation, but can you sort of um maybe guide us a little bit on where you think grades are, are, are gonna be over the back half of the year uh at the two
7: operations? Yeah they
4: Derek, the the grades they are they're part of the cycle as you know. When you're into these produ- uh, production areas, there, um, and and as much as what you forecast at the at the start of at the end of last year, where you'll be about this time, there's always variations in in actual the stopes you're mining from. So we will see grades uh, sort of hover around these areas, but we're looking to push these up with a few initiatives we've got in mind. So. Um, to get back up to a, a little bit higher, what we forecast uh, at the uh, at the start of the year. So, a little bit of variation, and uh, mainly around um, different uh, different areas of variation in the stoping that we're doing. Okay.
8: Um, and then just my my last question um, on the uh, on the Mavericks uh, royalty transaction. What's the uh, what's the guide? What's the latest guidance on, on when you think that transaction will uh, will close?
2: Yeah, Derek. This is Paul. So, look, we had two outstanding issues. We're we're almost done here. We're hoping within the next two weeks. Um, one was a co mingling agreement that we had to do, and the other one was a tax thing. And I'm, and I'm sure we disclosed those in the press release. But we're very close to getting those done. Uh, as soon as they're done, um, we'll, we'll announce it quickly thereafter. Great. Great. That's it. That's
8: it for me, guys. Thanks. Thanks for the time this morning.
1: Thanks, Derek. Your next question comes from the line of Nicholas Dion of Cormart Securities. Your line is open. Hey, guys. Uh, congrats on another solid quarter. Um, some of my questions have been answered, um, maybe just on Higginsville, within the context of guidance. Um, I know COVID-19 creates some uncertainty. But since publishing your original numbers uh, for 2020 back in January, you've so, obviously, made a lot of progress. Um, the royalty renegotiations. You've extended the two pits that you're currently mining there, and now you have a third pit, uh, hidden secret, coming in. So, I guess my question is just that: um, is it fair to say at this point that you're you're baking in a relatively high degree of conservatism in in those 2020 guidance numbers?
2: Graham, you want to uh,
4: answer that? Yeah. Look. Um- and again these these guidance numbers we put through at the end of last year or at the start of this year and uh, as you know we at that that point in time we we'd only had Higginfield um, for less than six or just over six months and we it was really trying to get our head around what we had in the pits and and what we could um, reasonably forecast so we went we went out and bold we we put the guidance out we knew that we needed to put do that for the market which we did both from production and costs. and and to a certain we've we've certainly been able to meet that guidance and in areas exceed it but I, I will say it's still we're still going uh, full steam ahead of, of getting a nice long pipeline of projects or open pits there that we can forecast the guidance on and in and around that work is is still happening, and um, you can hear from my uh, from my earlier presentation or from earlier notes that we're doing, you know, undertaking grade control. We're doing resource drilling in some of these areas still. So there is still some uncertainty, but we're a hell of a long way from where we were before, much better position. And for this part of the year, I'd like to keep that guidance where it is. And and hopefully we can do much better than what that is. But again, it's just uh, there's still a few uncertainties there that we're working through.
7: Well, and Nicholas,
2: just just to add on to what Graham's saying, is Paul, I think sometimes um, with all the excitement on the everything we've done and the gold price, I think sometimes it gets lost in translation or forgot. It really is our first year of production. Um, And and I've been part of a lot of companies throughout my career, and and the first year is always usually the most challenging one. So, for us to put out guidance, make sure we deliver it consistently quarter after quarter after quarter, um, and make sure that we're never short is really, really critical for us. We want to maintain that reputation that what we say we're going to do, we're going to deliver
5: on. So, Yeah, okay, fair enough. Thank you. Uh, That's it for me.
1: Your next question comes from line of Matthew O'Keefe of Cantor Fitzgerald. Your line is open.
0: Thanks, operator. Uh, Good morning. Uh, Congratulations. A Good quarter, obviously. Um, But uh, just a couple of quick questions. Uh, A lot of stuff. A lot of key questions have been asked. Um, Specifically around CapEx. uh, I think you reported 2.16 million. Can you give me the split between Beta Hunt and Higginsville, and what uh, what what they entailed?
2: Yeah, thanks for the question, Matthew. I'll let Graham talk about the split with the capital um between yeah, Bear Hunt and me. The the
4: the vast majority of that, um, Matthew, that uh, that CapEx was spent at Higginsville, mainly around uh the pre strip that we did on some of the pits. Uh, certainly started with um uh, some of the, the work around fair play and, and in fact the the strip around Baloo on one of the ends that when we expanded that pit, um, a little bit of the the other remaining part of the capex about 30% of that capex went into to uh, beta hunt and that was around typically around capital development and getting us to the next level of production um, on the 17A zone and
0: uh, uh, some ventilation work that also needed to be done. Okay. And is that um I, I mean I guess the, that'll be quite variable the split and, and the amount uh, going forward. But is it um I mean Beta Hunt, I mean we're in a time where we've got these good prices, is there an opportunity here to, to move um get a little bit further ahead on development uh, at, at Beta Hunt? Or are you comfortable like how many how many uh I guess months or periods do you have ahead of you that you're you're comfortable with vis a vis development?
4: at? Uh, yeah, look, there a couple of things happened in in quarter two, Matthew. Obviously, the, you know, and we keep talking about this impact of COVID. But what we needed to do was to build our our ROM stockpiles to up to around that hundred thousand ton level, and to main that in the event that if everything else failed in the underground or COVID was an impact that we could still look to isolate the mill and and keep the mill turning and and keep cash flow coming through. So to do that we had to sort of pull our foot off the development pedal and and actually look to to put it more on the production side of the the, the business so that's now we've got our stockpiles to that level um, we're now at the stage where we can start going back to normal um, underground mine production but we do have and we have been working again very hard to ensure that we've got a good three or four months of production in front of us um, uh, as far as um, drilled stocks um, for underground at Beta Hunt and plus our level development is is probably plus 12 months in front of us. So we do have that ability, um, but we will be also looking at uh, what we can do to take even Beta Hunt even further than the 65,000 tonnes a month we're talking about. That's only gold. There's, um, there's potential for, um, uh, you know, sort of more uh, nickel tons to come up as well. So to answer your question, um, we, it was a deliberate ploy, a strategy to, to get the stockpiles up. Um, now they're right. We'll go back into full-scale um, development so you'll see the development figure at uh, and the cost at uh, beta hunt start to go up. Um, but I'm pretty comfortable where we are as far as our development meters. Uh, for our current production.
0: Okay, no, that, that's great. Thank you for that. It's a lot lot clearer and, and makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then just uh, on the exploration side, similar type question, um, can you just to, to remind us again, what's the overall budget for this year? What's the split like? And then the resource update we're expecting at the end of the year, um, that's just for Higginsville. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, no, the, the total budget, uh, exploration budget is, is $10 million, or very close to $10 million. Um, mm-hmm. There is a component of that, um, a couple of million dollars, that's um, uh, put aside, not put aside, but put into compliance expiration, just maintaining um, the tenements uh, that we have got. Um, and then the large chunk of that, uh, the remaining money is spent at Higginsville. Um, and uh, we have started to do a little bit of drilling um, at, uh, at at Beta Hunt, around around gold and and nickel um, but the bulk of the the expenditure is at at higginsville and it's around the resource drilling um, some some uh, and some exploration drilling so what we'll look to do going forward um, it is very clear Matthew that um, Higginsville has a multitude of very very interesting and exciting targets
0: that we need to follow up. So,
4: right. yeah.
0: that, No, and and does that include that 10 million? Does that include uh, money to be spent um, on ex- further exploration at Spargos that you just picked up, or is that a new, a different budget going to come into that? And will we see that historic resource upgraded? Um, what's the time frame for upgrading that resource?
4: Yeah, we'll 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 put drills into that almost straight away. And we've mm-hmm. already got the targets we've got the whole collars ready to go, so it's a matter now of uh, of just um making sure the rig availability at the moment over here, um as you can imagine with the way gold price is um drill rigs are at a, a at a premium, so mm-hmm. we need to make sure we get at the front of the line, which we are and and we'll look to do that drilling um within sort of. The next quarter or quarter and a half, um, just uh, waiting on some approvals um, and the rig availability. So it'll be um, an addition to the budget um, because it wasn't it wasn't part of our original budget. And um, we'll look to upgrade that as we will look to upgrade the drilling in and around Higginsville, and hopefully we can do the same
0: at Beta Hunt. All right. No, well, now's the time for sure. Okay. No, that sounds great. It looks like uh, some good uh, news flow coming in the second half, which. Which is what we want to see. Thanks very much. That's it for me. Thanks, Matthew. Thank
1: At this time we have time for one more question. Your final question comes from the line of Pierre Zalencourt of Haywood. Your line is open.
3: Uh, Graham, could you could you just expand a bit on um Higginsville? How much how much was from stockpile versus how much was mined and how what was the grade breakdown there? Yeah,
4: they they uh the stockpiles in a, a, a number of parts, and 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 if you if you look at the the optimum way to blend the, the feed into the Higginsville plant, you need around fifty to sixty percent hard rock, and the remaining can be oxide material. The moment you start to drop that um, hard rock off, you you have you have uh, throughput issues around the screens and so on. So what happened when you get these uh, rain events we have we've built the stockpile up but um, uh, uh, the vast majority of that is is in oxide ore as well as some some harder rock from baloo but unfortunately that's a bit wet um, so as soon as you get the wet weather that comes in um, it's difficult to get the uh, uh, beta hunt ore over So we've had to revert back to some some mineralised waste material. That's why you've seen the grade drop off, but it does allow us to keep the throughputs up. So um, we have, uh, as I said, a significant stockpile up there, and we now need to supplement that with some further hard rock material, which we're working on now, and hopefully we'll be able to make some level of announcement a bit later on.
3: Can you give me a grade breakdown? What was the, uh, the great background?
4: The mineralised, yeah, the mineralized waste is around 0.7 to 0.9, um, and and uh, obviously that's what it it makes money at these prices, especially. But it doesn't meet our our production guidance, and that's what we need to. That's why we need to. You know, we rely very heavily on Beta Hunt, and given it's 50 to 60% of our feed into into the Higginsville plant. So if we do get rainfall events it, it, if they last for some several days they can impact on our throughput rates and great.
3: Will, will you be able to increase the hard rock component from from Higginsville then
4: we're at, 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 we're working on that now and we have a That's number of a number of plans to uh, to to meet that and to, to overcome that issue we haven't finalized those yet but we're not too far from it and as I said, I would be looking forward to put that out in the market as soon as we can.
3: Okay, so so in process. So how um, how did you come to how did you come to the low cash cost at Higginsville if you had all this low grade waste? We, Is it just less handling, been, less mining or?
4: No, we've been we've been look, there there are there are many cost drivers in in, in an organization like ourselves and Obviously some of the bigger ones around fuel and 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 uh, key, you know key items like that play a big part but we've also been very diligent in the way we've tackled our reagent uses our stores usage um, uh, our we've renegotiated the haulage um, over to from from Baloo into the Higginsville and also from Beta hunt to Higginsville um, we've we've put a number of uh, 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 cost initiatives around stores and inventory and, and the way we handle maintenance and our maintenance planning. So all of these that we've been working on for some months now are starting to, to, to deliver what we hoped they would. And, and we're starting to see those costs driving down our, our key key metrics like cost per tonne milled, etc. So at the same time as all of that, we're maintaining a, a very solid um, throughput through the plant, and um as i said our uh no, our uh, uh, daily ton, uh, hourly tons through the mill are sort of gone from one forty ton an hour up to close to one eighty ton an hour and uh, uh and and so th- these are the things that there're all there's so many parts components to what drives the bottom line, and we work on all of those so that's and they're starting to come out and starting to show the benefits so It's been a lot of work by a lot, you know, but it's. it's, um, I'm looking forward to the second half.
3: So, uh, uh, should we read in that that this is this is a sustainable level this uh, this cash cost that uh, you had for Higginsville?
4: Uh, I look Higginsville also part of Higginsville um, uh, has a benefit of being able to how we charge out. Uh, some of the, the the treatment of beta hunt ore. so um, it's, it has to do with a number of reasons why we do it. But they get it; they do get a benefit of of charging a a higher higher um, uh, like a tolling charge to beta hunt than what the actual cost is. So they get that benefit uh, as as well. So that's why when we look at this these two operations, it's because of the plant they they're they're basically one it's like having Higginsville there with a number of open pits. Peter hunt is just another ore source into the Higginsville plant and and you use whatever you can to best optimize and get the best result for the business and that's what we why we do this so I know it's sometimes we like to take the two operations in and put them to as individual operations but Quite frankly, they are one. It's a bit like trying to do the same with with Baloo um, and and Hidden Secret. Beta Hunt's just another ore source like that. That's the way we treat it.
3: Mm-hmm. And just finally, just um, you know, uh, uh, following up on on the the question on uh, spargos, etc. Can you can you remind me uh, what what the capex for this year will be?
5: At, uh, at 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 Spargo. Well, uh,
3: uh, company company wide. I, I, I just I just want, you know if you can just remind me what what that number is.
4: Uh, look, I'd have to get back to you on that. And the reason I say that is because we've now started to to make some changes to some of our capex numbers around. And and mm-hmm. one of the biggest um, is will be we'll be looking to do is an upgrade uh, around our exploration as well. Um, so there are given um with SPARGOS now it's 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 there's some caps in there that we'll need to bring into our into our uh our our forecast and again we have to do it such that we can still deliver on what we're saying we're going to do to the market but um I'd be better placed to, to answer that in a in a you know sort of a,
3: a short while okay all right thanks Frank.
1: This concludes today's question-and-answer session. I now turn the call back over to Paul Hewitt.
2: Thanks, everyone, again, for taking the time to join us on our call today. Obviously, our our first half was very, very focused, as you can see, by the items we've done. We're actually very excited, and we look forward to an equally exciting second half of the year. So um, thanks for being a shareholder. Thanks for calling in. Uh, We appreciate all your support. Have a great day, everyone.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.